You're listening to Ramsey Everyday Millionaires, where we talk retirement, building wealth, and outrageous generosity. Jackson is in Tampa, Florida. Hi, Jackson. How are you? Hey, I'm doing well. How are you? Better than I deserve. What's up? Hey, got a question regarding the mortgage. I know you guys talk about, um, I have no debt, and uh, I know you talk about putting 15% towards investments and then um, the rest going towards your mortgage. Um, my wife and I are, my wife and I are incredibly risk tolerant, um, lost about $50,000 in our mutual funds over the past month. Um, and still just sold my car, invested that money straight into the stock market because they're on sale. Um, so I know, well, I think that the math says investments, you're obviously a very successful man. So I'm not going to argue with you, but I'd like to genuinely know why, why do you go with that approach versus the investments? If, if you're risk tolerant. Well, risk tolerance has to do with what your emotions will allow you to do without going into freak-out mode. Sure. Okay. Um, and so uh, someone who has a very low risk tolerance can become a poor investor based on the fact that their low risk tolerance causes them to not take enough risk. Agreed? Mm-hmm. Yep. Someone who has too high a risk tolerance can cause them to be a poor investor because they take risky investments that end up losing more than they make because they live well, out on the I edge. Say, yeah, I'm I'm like I'm 99% mutual funds, I'm 1% in football helmets. So like <laughs> I'm I'm in I mean I, I, for the score, stock market and for the score, stock market. I like it. Oh, this is so great! We have a new measure of things. This is awesome. Born on the air today. I love it. That's Pat Jackson. You, that Jackson, you get the award. Regard. You could go do whatever you want after that. So, no, I'm kidding. All right. So, uh, <laughs> um. Yeah, but my, my point is, okay, so I grew up in the real estate business, and one of the things you do in the real estate business is they take your risk meter and they break it with a hammer. Real estate people have complete risk tolerance. We're idiots. Uh-huh. We're idiots. We don't even know there's risk, okay? And that's what caused me to go broke because I was not measuring risk. So here's, the, here's what ends up happening. Debt equals risk. More debt equals more risk. Less debt equals less risk. Uh, sure. It adds risk to the portfolio. You're saying I can emotionally tolerate that. That's one discussion. Another discussion, though, is what is the fastest route to wealth, regardless of risk tolerance? Okay, it, what's the fastest route to wealth? And, and and you know, and within that, then okay, we've got to discuss: Can I stomach that with my risk tolerance? Do I have enough risk tolerance to go? that route the fastest surest route to wealth not just mm-hmm. uh, and, and most likely so i would go back to something like the 10,167 millionaires we studied and yeah. the number of them that said because i had a high risk tolerance i kept a mortgage the whole time and i invested all the money and uh today i have a million dollars in mutual funds uh, or i have two million dollars in mutual funds and i owe six hundred thousand dollars on my house the number of them that said that was less than ten percent ninety plus percent said i got my house paid off and i dumped everything in mutual funds in my 401ks okay so the practical facts are the the normative way the most likely way the highest probability way according to the data to build wealth is to invest into mutual funds and to get the house paid off 
um, instead okay. of because otherwise you would say you would say all right, I'm going to borrow as much as I can borrow on the house all the time and ever so often I'm going to refinance it and throw all of that money with the cash out into the and stay mortgaged up to my eyeballs yeah if the concept worked you would do that but the problem right. with that is is that it affects other things in the unseen and that is is that the borrower is slave to the lender you make different decisions in your life when you don't have a house payment about your career yeah it puts different stresses on your relationships it tr- you treat you know your children different there's different levels of health issues when there's no debt versus if there's debt regardless of risk risk tolerance all of those things end up applying out there in the real world yeah i keep, I keep going back to the car you said you you sold your car to invest, invest. Oh. do you need a well, car so no no i don't that actually okay. that was just uh i sold i i was able to sell my car it was a honda a 2008 honda fit i sold it for 300 dollars more than i bought it for uh five years ago and so i bought an electric bike and i take that to work i'm only three miles from work um the problem is i do live in you know florida so i'm gonna start sweating here soon um <laughs> but no the that just i just my wife and i felt like we've got our 2015 minivan and like we can be a one car family okay um okay yeah so that that was more well i guess I'm, I'm just i'm having a little bit of trouble wrapping my mind around the math of it but maybe i need to let that it, i don't think it, it here's the okay the math here's how the math works all right in graduate level studies in finance or maybe even in a good school in the senior year level um we are taught to christina and i were taught to um analyze two different mutual funds okay an aggressive growth stock mutual fund has a measure of risk called a beta the higher the beta the higher the risk the higher the peaks and valleys if you chart it the more volatile it is okay High beta, more risk, okay? Low beta, less risk. And so you take an aggressive growth with a, be- a high beta and uh, a, maybe, a, maybe a 2.5 beta or something like that, and then you take a growth in income that might have a 0.8 beta, less than one beta. A one beta is the S&P 500, what the market does, just to give you an example. Okay. So here's how the okay. math yep. works. If you're, if you, in order to compare those two, they have different volatility so comparing them apples to apples is naive you see what i'm saying sure so you've the way you mathematically adjust for it is there's an inverse formula where the beta is flipped on its head within an inverse fraction so that the beta reduces the higher beta reduces the return of the of the risky investment and the lower beta raises the return of the lower investment so that after adjusted for risk mathematically you can compare these apples to apples does that make any sense it does i okay. knew you were smarter than i was and so yeah that that well I'm, it's just it's just what i was taught academically it's not i'm not a genius yeah, no, no, just, no, that's, that's but good. so so the thing is what what has never happened though we're taught that in the financial world christina but we're not taught to do that with debt and so we compare a house with a mortgage equally to a house without a mortgage or an investment property with a mortgage equally to an investment property without a mortgage and we do not apply the increased risk a beta to the math formula and so our that's what i mean by real estate people their risk meter is broken they don't analyze for risk 
and we don't ri- and we don't mathematically adjust for risk. And so when we add the beta idea or concept to your question, it says you are taking more risk, so we should put a higher beta on your plan, a lower beta on my plan, and when we risk adjust mathematically, our plans are going to be fairly equal. Mm. Okay. That's helpful. I really appreciate it. Cool. I don't know if that made any sense or not. It felt like a barrel of fish hooks, but it is It is the truth. That, that's the academic way of approaching it. The spiritual way of approaching it is the borrower is slave to the lender. 100% of the references in the Bible to debt say debt is stupid. It's not a sin. You're a slave. You're a fool. You're impulsive. It always says that. So if the Bible says, and I'm a Christian, and if the Bible says negative things about debt, it doesn't say it's a sin. doesn't say I'm going to hell if I get a MasterCard. It's not a salvation issue. But, but if, if spiritually my heavenly father is saying in his handbook, there's nothing good about debt, then I have to read that and believe it if I'm a person of faith. Absolutely. And then I can also go over here and use my brain and use a beta. And either way, I come to the same conclusion. Yep. That's such a great way of meshing those two things together. Yeah, it's, uh, but, but the, you know, I actually, um, I was speaking to a graduate level group at uh, Vandy one time and I walked them through that on the math idea. And they're like looking at me like, I've never heard that before. And I'm like, well, it's because nobody teaches it. Nobody talks about debt equals risk. So you need to factor a beta into it, a measure of risk mathematically into it. And when you put in a measure of risk mathematically into it, it takes away the advantages of debt. And guess what? We all know that because when you're debt free, you build wealth faster. So duh. You know, that's kind of the way this whole thing works. It's an interesting discussion. Though. I appreciate his question. Yeah, that's great. Thanks for tuning in to Ramsey Everyday Millionaires. To check out all our podcasts, just search Ramsey Network on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen. 